Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hello. As is the way these days, because we're all uh, busy men in the rat race, just trying to make it in the big city. Uh, It's been quite a while since our last podcast, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically been since before PSG. So we've had an international break and two league games and a uh, Champions League game. Quite a lot. Quite a lot has happened. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about PSG, seeing as, to many people, it was um, one of the biggest games for Newcastle United of this century. So sorry we missed that one for you. Um <laughs> But uh, we're recording this not long after our 4-0 victory over Crystal Palace. That was fun, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah. I mean, it's got to the stage now where us beating a team like Crystal Palace 4-0, it's not surprising. It's not like a shocking, wow, what what an incredible result, as it would have been even a year ago. I'm kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I feel like for years, I just always felt like we should be getting those results and sort of forgot that it had been 15 years since we were getting those sort of results. Do you know what I mean? I thought, yeah. Uh, Paul, did you enjoy it? I did, but I don't trust it. <laughs> it still feels weird. I think because we've still got a lot of the players associated with times when we were just you could never rely on like an opposition coming up and being like we were never flat track bullies before and mm. like we've won every home game this season apart from Liverpool which is just not, and most of them we've won comfortably and that's taking quite a bit of getting used to especially bottom of the table teams like you look at Sheffield United and Palace we're 
it's far too comfortable. Like Palace up till recently was the sort of test we kept failing of teams yeah. that would set up to defend. I think we had three nil nils in a row almost. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird. I like it, but I I'm not ready to not I don't trust it yet. Where's the catch? If I go, if I go through the goals in order, then uh, it gives me a chance to to, for us to start by talking about my favourite Newcastle United player, maybe. I think I always had a love for him, but I think that's turning into something true, something which I think may last, something which <laughs> I believe yeah. I believe is um, now being felt by the whole fan base. Jacob Murphy, a goal in the fourth minute, it was a fantastic performance by him all round, wasn't it, Dave? Yes, I, I think yeah, yeah, definitely was a fantastic performance. I don't think he meant that goal. I think it was supposed to be a, a lofted ball to the back post. I don't care because I he, agree. Yeah, he fine. earned it. Like over the ninety minutes, I know it was scored in the fourth, but like for the rest of the game, he was superb. We absolutely fucking terrorized. Crystal Palace down our right hand side. Him, Trippier, and like Longstaff, they were they were they were fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And Crystal Palace didn't have a didn't have an answer to him. And what I liked about his performance is that while he was still doing the stuff that we've kind of got used to, like the um, the pressing and the hard work and the the kind of like any professional footballer should be able to do this. He's now starting to get a bit more confidence in front of goal and get a bit more confidence at the business end of the pitch. Like his cross for Gordon's was was amazing. Just like it's the perfect cross. It was superb. If I could pick any Newcastle player, possibly in history, to score the winning goal for us in a major, major game or to be the person who lifted the trophy, should we ever get there or just played in a final, it would be Jacob Murphy because I know that no other Newcastle United player in our history would enjoy it more. Yeah. He's he's, ha- oh. he's having the best time. Yeah. He just looks like a fan who's been put in there. But it's weird. He's on a sort of Joel Linton arc because he was... Like, we've talked about him a lot on this pod and I think initially there was a bit of novelty value to that. He wasn't sort of seen as a decent player. He's properly good now i don't i don't know how how keeps doing it so maybe we'll probably come on to him but jamal lasalle as well you're like oh yeah they've become a really good premier league footballer yeah jamal was um knocking it around like uh like who? Like you have to say Beckenbauer. Do yeah. you have to say? I think i've ever seen Beckenbauer play <laughs> he's knocking it around like ledley king that's a measure of the difference between us. You two were like Beckenbauer, and I was like Fabian Shah. <laughs> well, I did think of him as a reference, but I thought I might get laughed at. Again, just like Murphy's now getting a bit more confidence up the business end. Jamal Lascelles, I thought if he takes, if he comes in for Botman, he's going to keep it simple, and he's going to, you know, he's he's not got the great pace on the turn, and he's got a mistake in him, and things like this. If he can just keep it simple, he'll be fine. Like, that's who we've got. But now he's, like, pinging 40, 50-yard balls to 
um, Anthony Gordon on the left on the left wing. Like both the centre halves against Crystal Palace were spreading the play in a way I think we only expected from like John Joe Shelby. Like they the passing range of those two players in that game was so good. And it just stretched Crystal Palace. They didn't know how to to deal with it. I'm a bit more nervous about Lascelles against Dortmund or uh, bigger sides. Just basically, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think he can do well against sides like Palace. And but he's been on the winning side against Man City and PSG, so he's he's been involved in some pretty decent performances against two of the best sides in the world. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, yes, but why aren't we still talking about Jacob Murphy? True. Why have we dragged this on to Jamal Lascelles? His, I mean, his goal, even though I think he admitted he didn't mean it was good, the Gordon assist was good, but the Wilson assist, was that was like Willock's last season. Yeah. It was... It's, just a work of art. It's, of all the players who would play that ball, you would not have Jacob Murphy as the one who would manage it. You would think that's would. Well, I know you would, but you're you're, you're not a representative sample in this. I spotted it. I think with Jacob Murphy, um, where once I was expecting him to be like one of the first out the door after the takeover. Even to be honest, I expected him to be out the door before the takeover because he wasn't showing anything before the takeover. Like now, I would say that if he were to go, we could command a decent fee for him, and we don't need to sell him because he's not on a big wage. He's producing. He's not kicking up a fuss about not being played. He understands his role in the team, and he's fucking loving it. So he I'm, might I'm well happy. pick up a trophy with us. I might be wrong, but I don't see him ever agitating to leave. No. I think the only circumstances I, I see him leaving is if they said, we've we've had a bid for you and we want to get your wage off our books. And I think he'd say, fine, okay, whatever's best for the club. Thank you very much, boss. Bye. I think that's what he'd say because I think he's a lovely... Well, you pick yeah. up from the airport, I'll do that, yeah. I think what's been interesting with Murphy and LaSalle's and Dummett, who had... Was it PSG Dummett played against? Uh, I think it... Well, it might have been Man City. Man City, wasn't Man it? Man City. But though, there's a few of those players where before the start of the season, you kind of worried it might be sentimentality that was keeping them there. Like Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett. You can, a lot of fans were saying, why aren't they being shown the door? But there's clearly something how and the the staff there have recognised in them because they're not just doing it for anyone. Players like Federico Fernandez, Kieran Clark all got moved on. Players we thought had potential like Jamal Lewis get moved on. So it, it does show we've got a staff that are capable of recognising something that none of us could ever see happen. Like I'm expecting Matt Ritchie to get Premier League goals this season now, just off the back of how well Lascelles and Murphy have done. I was going to ask... <laughs> Of like, like fairly recent squad. Who do you think is a player that was sold before the takeover or left before the takeover that would have been most improved by Eddie Howe? I think Florian Lejeune would have been fine under Eddie Howe. 
I think you might. I like the, I like the thought of Sissoko or Van Alden. Yeah. I think Van Alden would have been very good. Hmm. Van Alden was a top player. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I just, I think he would have just kicked on a, a level. The question is, who could have, who do we think would surprise you in that they could have done well under Eddie Howe? Jack Colbeck, maybe. Jeff. Jeff Hedrick. What about Perez? But yeah. then Perez was always good. I mean, I know he got a lot of shit, but we sold him for 30 something million. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the players we bought and sold that were failures are not the sort of ones who do well under Eddie Howe. All those number 10s and left wingers we signed under sort of Steve McLaren. Players like Florian Tovan and Sylvan Marvo, I don't think would have done very well necessarily. No. Well, what no, I'm going to suggest. What I'm going to suggest is uh, that we have a quick break and then after the break, we move on to uh, talking about in the context of Tonali potentially being missing for some time. I I suggest that we start the second part by talking about Sean Longstaff and how good he is at football. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Nata. So, uh, as I promised, uh, we're going to start this part by talking about Sean Lang- Longstaff. How would you pronounce it? Is it Langstaff? It's Langstaff, yeah. Langstaff. <laughs> so, so, Sean Langstaff of Langstaff Hall. <laughs> uh, he, uh, as we know, Tonali, I mean, Tonali may be out for some time. Mm-hmm. Tonali didn't. It isn't necessarily a starter at the moment anyway. And one of the reasons for that is just what a footballer Sean Longstaff is at the moment. Right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, when he first broke on, onto the scene, there were rumours that Man U were interested in him for like 40 million quid. And then over the course of 
um, Bruce's tenure, his stock fell dramatically. And it looked like he was on the way out of the club. I mean, he said so himself that he just didn't see a future for himself at Newcastle. Takeover happens, Eddie Howe. And he now looks like a forty million pound midfielder. I mean, he he's got he's got all the attributes that you'd want from a like a like a physical, athletic, defensive kind of minded. Like not in not in a not in a Chetiote way, but like a. I'll throw a. I'll throw a comparison out. Yeah. Obviously, we don't think. Sean Longstaff is ever going to be in the sort of top category of a Jude Bellingham or a Paul Scholes or something, Gerard or something. Could he, could Sean Longstaff's peak end up being as good as Jordan Henderson's peak? Could he be a Jordan Henderson at his best type? The tricky one, what sort of, how would you describe Jordan Henderson as a type of player? Uh, Is it workhorse, but with a, a bit of silk? Workhorse play. I mean, Jordan Henderson was sort of famous for playing the decisive pass before the assist, wasn't he? Sort of the assist to the assist. Mm. I mean, maybe Sean Longstaff is more actually of a potentially a goal scorer. I mean, this, this, I is, feel, a, this is what I think. Sorry, I think his progression is as a goal scoring midfielder. That's what he was as a younger player mm. and it's under Rafa he was a bit more of a workhorse and it was all about closing down opposition because that's the way we set up that sort of very deep line but Eddie Howe said he expects him to get more goals he's on three goals already for the season which is what he got for the whole of last season this is the first season he has ever scored two Premier League goals yeah which is I mean, kind of understandable given who he's played under, like Benitez, like you said, and and Bruce. But the the way that he's cropping up on the right hand side now, because last season Bruno was it operating that in that space, and it was Bruno Trippier and Almiron or, or whoever on the right. Now it seems to be Longstaff, and Bruno's either sitting more deep or drifting over to the left hand side. And I think, I think. That position that Longstaff's made his own was the position that was like earmarked for Tonali. But I don't think Tonali has done anything yet to usurp Longstaff on this form. I think I genuinely could he be as good as Jordan Henderson? Honestly, I don't think so. I think Henderson's got more ability. Uh, he's got a better passing range and he reads the game really well and I don't think Longstaff has that yet. I think Longstaff could be a really important centre midfielder for us and could could possibly get some England caps because you look around at players who play in his, his position, his role in, in the England setup, and it's like Calvin Phillips. Who's the fact not- that Henderson and Phillips are still being selected for England... Surely that has to come to an end at some point. Yeah, I don't know how Henderson is keeping him out of the England. Well, not just him. There's a few others. But I feel like Longstaff's already sort of... This sounds like an insult, but he's at that sort of Scott McTominay slightly better level. 
where it's just it's the type of unfashionable player that doesn't get noticed. But now he's adding end product. It's going to be harder and harder for Southgate not to pick him. That right hand side was dominant, wasn't it? With Trippier, Longstaff, and uh, and Murphy, nearly all yeah. our play happened down there. Yeah, and it, it's the same when Almiron's playing as well. I think it's a lot down to Trippier. Yeah, that's how that happened with yeah. Burn. Whoever's on the right hand side with Trippier, that it works seems to work pretty well. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, and I th- but I think it's the kind of thing that could happen that could happen under Liv- with Livramento instead because the the understandings there and Livramento plays a slightly different way to Trippier, but he's still an attacking, you know, attacking fullback. And as long as you're making those runs and as long as you're available for the passes, you can still do that. Whereas Byrne doesn't do that on the left-hand side at all. Like that is not his game. What was the game that um, Livramento, it was against Man City, wasn't it? Where Livramento put in a man of the match performance. Yeah. 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 So well, Burn as well is getting higher up the field lately. I think against West Ham, there are a few moments where you're like, who's that really tall new striker who's <laughs> suddenly <laughs> down? But he's on two goals this season as well. Yeah. I think I, that's that's something that I was looking at. It was like, I think there are five players with three goals already. Mm-hmm. I think because it, it's like Murphy, Isaac, Wilson, Gordon. I, th- I thought there was somebody else. I might be wrong. But, like, we're s- we seem to be spreading the goals around the team quite well. And with Longstaff popping up in that position, because he scored similar goals. Uh, he scored one against PSG, and he scored, obviously, the one against Crystal Palace. Very, very similar, making that that run into the box from the, you know, just in that channel on the right-hand side. And he, he is a threat from it. And we keep creating those opportunities with our pressing, with our passing, with our dominance on the right. He will get more opportunities. He will get more goals. Yeah, since he's sort of cemented his place back in the team, he's got three goals in our last six games. So he's not doing not doing too badly. I think as well, the other ones to talk about, we almost don't talk about them because they're so good and they're not the underrated gems who are suddenly coming to the fore. But Gordon and Trippier, they're just somehow yeah. getting better every game. Like Gordon yeah. doesn't do much, but you just... I think he's had some sort of goal involvement in seven of the last eight games and just... He's looking more and more, I think I said on a previous pod, he's got that feel of early Wayne Rooney. Not the same quality, but that just... That street footballer thing who looks mm. like if he gets annoyed or bored, he can just go and score. And I'm he telling you... He, play, he wouldn't look out of place with a can of tango in his hand, would he? No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, you see, he I looks think... like he's familiar with the, you know those like raindro- rainbow drop sweets that you get from a vending machine at a swimming pool? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like he's unfamiliar with those. No. He's... I... I, I I'm really enjoying watching him play. He reminds me of Craig Bellamy. He winds the opposition up no end. He's a pest, always running. He's, you know, long, long bursting runs from the first to the last minute. And it must be a nightmare to play against. And honestly, if we can get a left back 
that provides the same kind of attacking threat as we've got on the right through Trippier or Livramento. Like, I think we'll see even more from him because I think Bruno's shifting over to that left-hand side. If they can start making those little triangles um, on on the left as well as the right, like, wow, just it's really fucking exciting, man. Feels like he's going to take longer to uh, bring uh, Lewis Hall into the side. Um, I think he's only made what one substitute appearance so far. I think. Um, Livermento. I was uh, begging, not begging. I was requesting substitutes fairly early on in the second half, just because I wanted to look at other players and give them a run out but once they did come on it did sort of kill the game a bit I thought right I think what was nice though because as a fan when it's 3-0 at half time you start getting like we want 10 and I think there's other other seasons or even like last season we got carried away and just we've adapted to being a team that's playing three games a week now you could tell once it was at three Everyone just settled it down. It was like, we've got a game on Wednesday. We looked like a team who's been playing Champions League football for a few seasons. I didn't think we'd adapt to that mindset that quickly. Um, you remember that game? Was it Fulham away a few years ago? Have I remembered it right? Where we were 3-0 up at half-time and then it ended 3-3. If I remember that right. Anyway, doesn't matter. Dama, look it up. <laughs> look it up. Was there not one game in Pardew's reign where I think it was against West Brom, where he he basically complained that the fans got behind the team, and in going for like the equaliser, um, we left ourselves open at the back, or going for the winner. Sorry, we left ourselves open, so we like obviously we clawed it back to two two or something. We ended up losing three two, but he blamed the fans because we were wanting more. But I think. Now, like the fans, the fans might want more, but the, the players are so well drilled. How and Tyndall have got like such a good reign on them that, yeah, the second half of against Crystal Palace, we did take the foot off the gas and we, you know, we, we conserved our energy and it was game management in the, you know, in, in that true sense of the word. So before we talk about uh, Dortmund. We should probably talk about Tenali. I don't know how much there is to say about it. Um, as I understand it at the moment, he's being he's admitted that he's a gambling addict. He's being investigated for some offenses, some of which he's admitted to. I think I think he's admitted betting on games that he played in, betting for his side to win. Mm. So it's, it, I don't think it's a match. Fitch, fixing allegation at the moment. No. Seems like more like something in the realms of Ivan Tony. I don't know exactly. It sounds like the penalties from Italy could be really severe. I've got no idea how that works with like can can the Italian authorities stop him playing in the Premier League? Will the Premier League have their own investigation? How does that work? Whatever I Italy... think I think whatever ban is applied, he wouldn't be able to play here. There's right. talk of it being essentially 10 months. So he'd be back for pre-season. Yeah. I don't know what it means. Presumably he can still train with the club and no. play behind clothes. Can you not? No. Tony, Tony couldn't train, could he? No. 
Tony Tony wasn't even allowed after after the ban came in. He wasn't even allowed to set foot on the pitch and do the like the lap of honor at the end of the season or anything. Once the Is ban she, came in, so. could he train with Tony? Yeah, but they should, they could train together. That's that a could, podcast. Or maybe they could like start a um, tango and cash style like, <laughs> yeah. duo. They could go. Were they cops, Tango and Cash? They were. Yeah, yeah maybe they could go off and fight crime. Like Sliced alone and... Was it Kurt Russell? Yeah, it rings a bell. Again, but look the, it up. The, yeah. the thing they, have to go, they have to go in and infiltrate a a betting ring. Right? Yeah. They end up... I mean, let's get it done. Totally I mean, it does totally. feel like we're reaching a sort of tipping point of football and gambling because it's I mean there's a lot of hypocrisy in football but all the punishments for gambling in a sport where these punishments are being dished out with billboards everywhere for gambling well did you not see the um the statement that the club put out which was basically like um Tonali's helping the police with their inquiries or whatever it was and we're fully behind him, and he's admitted, like, he, he it's a difficult period. He's admitted he's got a gambling addiction problem. And at the bottom of that, it was, like, Fun888 and Sportsbet by IO. And, and it's, like, God. sport and every The thing for me is that um, I think that gambling addiction is a serious problem, and it, it, he does need help. However, he has broken the gambling laws associated with football. So you're 100% deserves a ban yeah or deserves to do be punished for this thing i i think paul merson had it right where like players need help and i don't not sure a lengthy ban is the best best punishment for this because essentially the guy's just going to be like um have nothing to do for most of the day apart from like sit around his big house and wonder what he's going to spend his money on I think he's unfortunate to be a part of what seems to me like the, the first wave of high-profile footballers to get big bans for gambling. And I imagine down the line this will, won't happen as much because the cases of people like himself and, and Tony are, are going to be like the deterrents, right? Mm. They're going to be the warnings of what can happen. But... um he does. He, uh, I think I've seen some quotes from him saying, or, or, and also maybe from Howe saying that he was struggling a little bit, settling in. It's hard to tell like, how much of it is just his personality, but he does come across as a pretty melancholic guy. I'm assuming probably if he does get the ban, he'll probably go back to Italy for a while. So, or he'll just be in that Weatherspoons every day all day. Yeah. Well, I, I think the best thing for him to do would be to go and seek professional help. Um, and I'm sure the way Eddie Howe is a bit of a high-performance podcast manager, he will be advocating for, you know, some new new age treatment for it. But I think he needs to go and talk to somebody. He needs to get the help first and foremost. After he's done that... Then he'd go back to Italy and, and relax, or come back to the northeast and be away from any of the perhaps the the temptations of of old colleagues or whatever. I, I don't know, but he 
he needs his help. It, it was it was good to see that the fans were behind him. Yeah. And I didn't take it as a like no matter. It wasn't like oh, what you've done isn't bad. It was like supporting the player. It was you know it wasn't saying what you've done is good. It's just like you know everything everything's going to be okay. But I think there was a worry. I certainly thought maybe the fans wouldn't be 100% behind him because even when we signed him, there was that thing of, well, why is he leaving Milan? I think a few people, especially online, were putting two and two together and making... Yeah. Yeah. But no, that was nice to see. And if they did, I don't think there would be any... There'd be no point pursuing it like on a legal route. Because I don't think it would go anywhere. Because it's it's impossible to prove that they had like like n- real knowledge that this was the kind of thing that was going to happen. But it is. It does paint them in a bad light, doesn't it? I'd imagine so, it's something the club are looking into. Yeah. So whatever happens, assuming he gets banned, and assuming that comes in reasonably soon, it does pose the club a problem. Uh, what do you think we should do? Dave, I'd sign somebody in the in the window, but I wouldn't sign somebody for necessarily his position because um, I still see him as a number eight. I would sign a number six and just rely on Joe Linton, Joe Willick, Sean Longstaff, Anderson, Lewis Miley. We've got options at, at, at that at that um, at that position. I'd go off and. Find somebody even on loan, like I wouldn't mind Calvin Phillips. I don't know if you've seen Mark Douglas, the local journo, has been reporting no. tonight. That's our main January target. Yeah. And he's not normally your sort of clickbait. Yeah. Strange headlines. So I think that I is think that is who we're after. I think it would make a lot of sense for us and probably Calvin Phillips as well. Yeah. It's not that bigger distance for him to travel uh, and it's to play for another top half side. I mean, it would be quite funny if he came to us and then still couldn't get in the side. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not entirely implausible considering how little Howe tends to tinker and how well Bruno, Longstaff and Joe Linton can play together. I could see him not getting as many starts as he would like. But what I find concerning is that Pep Guardiola, obviously he's got Rodri, who's arguably the best defensive midfielder in the world, who, you know, Phillips can't get past him, that's fine. But it's like he's even played John Stones at defensive midfielder. And I know John Stones is a good player and... He was good in that position, but if if Phillips can't even get out, get ahead of somebody being moved out of position, like it, there are still question marks. I tell you one thing though, I'm confident that the the club will be aware of number sixes or midfielders out there in in the continental football, or maybe even further afield, who would be cheaper. Who would be more promising, like long term? Who, you know, 
who hasn't been who hasn't spent most of the last year sitting on the bench. I think Calvin Phillips is perfect because he has in the past been a really promising promising player. He he does play the position that, as you say, we need. And if you get him on loan, have a look at him. It mm-hmm. might work out in the summer that we want to sign him. I think as well, he did so well at Leeds and we're a much closer fit to how Leeds play, I think, than Man City are, especially this season. You mean the Leeds? Yeah. 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 No. I'd be be happy with that. If you can get him on loan, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. I think Howe likes that sort of... He would seems to much prefer knowledge and experience of the Premier League rather than bringing in a foreign player halfway through the season. If you look at how hard it was for Anthony Gordon even to adjust mm. to playing for us halfway through the season. Yeah. And he is, just from looking at him, he is not foreign. I don't think anyone could level that at Anthony Gordon. <laughs> if the only thing you could get away with is maybe Irish. <laughs> <laughs> at a stretch. It's like, I mean, it's hard to place him as being from anywhere other than Liverpool. <laughs> so, uh, our next game, as we record, is on Wednesday night. It's against Borussia Dortmund. This <laughs> feels so weird. At home. Uh, which is, you know, one of the fixtures that we were quite scared about. Should I uh, say a sentence to you? Yeah. And how weird does it feel hearing this? Do you think Jacob Murphy's played himself into contention for a start against Dortmund? Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) I genuinely think he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me. You you scored a goal and made two assists in the last game. And, you know... (laughs) Um, So, Dortmund... I just had a look. They've won their last five games because I thought I'd better have a look because I felt like PSG, we all sort of like, as fans, a lot of us, I know I did, we sort of were playing them in our heads uh, by the name and the reputation. But they were actually at that stage not having that good a season. Mm. Uh, So I thought I'd check out and see how Dortmund are getting on. And they are fourth on the table, but they have won their last five games so it could be a more tricky contest than the PSG game I would suggest I was listening to another podcast and they were the guy on there spends a lot of time talking about European football and he was saying that Newcastle could do well in this group because for all we've got some big names they're not as good as their names would have you believe like PSG are not the, the dominant force that You'd expect them to be. Dortmund aren't doing very well, even though they're like fourth in the league. And AC Milan again aren't doing that well. So he he, he was like, I reckon Newcastle could do well. And this was before the the Champions League even started. So my my concern about Dortmund is that they are still a very a very clock like team. You know, they're very pressing. They're very um, uh, energetic, athletic. And they've got more experience in, in the league, in the Champions League. So it's, look, I'm just enjoying 
that Champions League ride and I'm not I'm, I'm going into every game in the Champions League with no expectation and just just enjoying the fact that we're playing in the Champions League it could, sounds like it could make for a really exciting game right the atmosphere is going to be amazing the Dortmund fans are going to provide some atmosphere as well as far yeah. away as that be. and if we're, if we're both playing sort of a high intensity should be fun right Paul yeah, my worry is it could get punctured. Like an early Dortmund goal, just because I've not heard any Newcastle fan who does who thinks we're going to lose. I think for all the... We're aware of, like, it's a magical Champions League journey and we're just sort of happy to be there. I think this game, a lot of people have built up as like, yeah, we'll, we'll win this. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but it, I don't know. I think it will be... It'll be tight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be up for, I would quite happily have really good atmosphere, really exciting score draw, or even like 4 3 loss. I'm still at the point with the Champions League where I'm like, well, we're not going to win it. And it's just fun playing these good teams. Like the PSG game was just unbelievable. Yeah. I let Louis, my son, I let him stay up for the PSG game, just till half time. Because I'm trying, he's six years old, and I'm trying desperately to get him into football. And my current method is to only show him love when he shows an interest in sport. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, that was a fun night. Honestly, I know that we we don't have a lot of time, so I won't go on it. But that that game is for me. It's it's up there with with like some of the best nights watching Newcastle United. Like it's up there with beating I don't know beating Man U five nil or or Barcelona in the the Champions League. But this, it, in isolation, that watching that game, it was pure joy, like disbelief and fucking hell, we're going to do it and we've done it. And this is this has now become like, yeah, we we absolutely deserved that. It was it was just fucking wonderful game. It would just be great to be part of that um, the romance of the Qatar Saudi rivalry. But the weird thing is, I think we're at the most fun bit of the journey of Newcastle getting big. So I saw some old mates at the weekend and they're sort of asking how I feel about Newcastle. It's like, we're not Man City yet. So all these big results, it's still happening with like Jacob Murphy, Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff being involved. So it's, you can't not get swept up in there being an element of romance to it. I totally I, I'm not looking forward to the bit where we are just like current Man City, even when that happens. I think this is a bit... I want this season to slow down, because I think this could be the most fun season of our lifetime. In the in the Man City journey, we're in the sort of Craig Bellamy, Gareth Barry, Julian yeah. Lester phase. Yeah. Um, I think if... If we can keep those that that kind of like connection to the fan base through the players that we've got in Murphy, Longstaff, Burn, Miley coming through and, and, and things like that, like I think that'll prolong this period much 
much more than than Man City endured because they they basically just you know they they took a they salted the earth and, and got rid of all of the local lads that were playing for them and like Sean Goater and stuff like that were, were swiftly shown the exit door. But I, as long as we keep that connection, like this could go on for a while and we could see Sean Longstaff lifting a trophy, Jacob Murphy maybe. Like that would be every Newcastle fan's dream, wouldn't it? See Matt Ritchie will in the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> This is the thing. It's all still possible. It's fucking... I mean, that's not, but everything else, maybe, yeah. No, it's it's still possible. Do you think there's anyone at the club currently who will be in the running for the Ballon d'Or in the next sort of... in the course of their career, or even with us? Who could be. Yeah. So... Isaac, you'd probably say could. Isaac could get there, although interestingly, uh, he's still not a guaranteed starter at all, as we saw on Saturday. No, I think he'll start against Dortmund, though. I think he was coming back from an injury on international duty, and Wilson was the more fit. But Isaac could get there. Bruno could get there, right? You would have said maybe Tonali could get there. That would be funny. Um, I, I think that like the Ballon d'Or seems to go to attacking players more. So I couldn't see like Sven Botman getting it or or Tonali or Bruno. We're skirting around the issue. It's going to be Jacob Murphy. <laughs> Those were the two. I was thinking, you know, Isaac or Murphy. Hanavaro won it once. Anthony I, Gordon, do you think he ever could? Anthony Gordon, I mean, this is such... <laughs> we uh, need a bit of hubris. Yeah. If we were... We're lucky that this podcast isn't more uh, popular because if we were a more high-profile podcast, this is a real clickbait for other uh, fans of other clubs. Well, I don't think we're saying we think it'll happen. We're saying, like, in the wildest realms of what's possible... Who I always think, like, who has the, the potential to turn into Gareth Bale? Because Gareth Bale was like a sort of like promising player amongst many, and then suddenly it switched. So I would put Anthony Gordon in a Gareth Bale category, mm. pre Gareth Bale turning into Gareth Bale, like he could. Could, could you see Livramento's going the same way as Gareth Bale in that he's pushed further up the pitch? Because Gareth Bale started as a left back. Yes, definitely. On the basis of the tiny amount of football that I've seen Livermore play, <laughs> yeah. I he is the right back version of Gareth Bale. I think when we signed him, the one most fans thought could get to that level is Lewis Hall, and then he played forty-five minutes of football, and everyone's gone completely the other way on him. They've gone like, "We need another left back." But I think I, he is—he's one of those high ceiling players. I think. Yeah, I, I think there's a he, he is a really good player. I just think he's not getting game time. He's betting in and all the rest of it. Also, I was talking to a Chelsea mate, and he's like, he's not a left back. He's a midfielder. He's not a left back. He's definitely a midfielder. So I was he like, started as a central midfielder, didn't he? Yeah. What about Garang Qual? 
he's not really doing that much over in 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 the Netherlands. That the other lad, Jan Kuba Minter, Minter yeah, scored the other day. Yeah, he's doing well. Bit more of that, please. Did you, seeing as we're talking about uh, players with a connection to Newcastle playing in mainland Europe, did you see Andy Carroll's goal? Yes. Uh, I had no idea he was still playing. I assumed he'd retired. Just wasn't thinking about him. He's playing, I forget the name of the side, but he's playing in the French Ligue 2. And yes, he scored a, a lovely chip from i don't know 40 yards did you see it paul i did it was what was really satisfying was it sort of hit the back base of the goal and bounced up again which physically looked impossible he's having a great time the angle for that yeah no could he do a job here no I wonder what his life is like out there, wherever he is in France. Probably staying in a sort of rented house with a, a really nice, like, rented footballer's house with a swimming pool. I think he's living with Kevin Nolan again. <laughs> Keep him on the straight and narrow. Or the French, whoever the French Kevin Nolan is. Just see him, like, I can just picture him walking into a patisserie. Pointing at a, a pastry and saying, duh. <laughs> What's French for croissant? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Okay. Um, should we do a score prediction for the Dortmund game? Sure. Dave? I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Paul, I'm going to go a rip your cock off 4 3. I'm going to go 2 2. And we'll uh, leave it there in the meantime. Thank you very much, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle listen, the what? The what? (laughs) The Newcastle NASA listener. Thank you. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.